0: Welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. I'm very excited about our special guest today, Caitlin Sweetapple. Caitlin, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Well, before you take us on your career journey, if you would, could you tell me, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: When I was younger, I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, And specifically, when I was younger, I wanted to be a physical education teacher.
0: Okay. Now, why did you want to do that at such a young age?
1: Um, I, I always really liked school. Um, I liked going to school and learning new things, um, and I had some pretty great teachers learning it, so that was kind of my drive. From a pretty young age about why I wanted to continue staying in classrooms as I got older.
0: Wow, well, that's pretty cool. So, like, what age are we talking about? Eight years old, five years old, 13 years old, that you felt like you wanted to be a teacher?
1: Around 12, 18 is, is when I started really Kind of honing in on what I wanted to be, which is a very on
0: <laughs> Yeah, so actually, speak to one of the one or two of those teachers that really had a positive influence on you. What type of teacher was it? Was it, you know, your third grade teacher, or can you give an example of how they impacted your life at such a young age?
1: It's kind of global, um, not necessarily a, a specific teacher, but really the teachers that took the extra time um, to really invest in some of my interests and some of the things that helped me learn was really um, what sort of It made me really want to be a teacher that sort of honed in on students' um, individual characteristics from from a pretty young age.
0: Oh, that's cool. So it wasn't necessarily an activity or something. It was the level of interest they showed in you specifically. Is that right?
1: Correct, yes. Oh, that's
0: really cool. So what do you do today? Are you involved in teaching in some form?
1: Yes, yeah, so I am currently um, the Director of Education at Shrub Oak International School, which is a private school for students on the autism spectrum.
0: Okay, now where is this school located, and what grades do they cater to?
1: So we work with students from 8 years old to 18 year old um, and we are located in northern Westchester, New York. So I started off as a—I knew a result that I wanted to be a physical education teacher, um, so I actually went into adaptive physical education when I graduated from college um, and did that for a bunch of years, working with different age groups. And then I, I really actually started as a teaching assistant um, and sort of worked my way up to be a teacher. Um, and obviously now I'm directing an education program. So I have worked in a bunch of different roles in the education world, um, and now obviously I'm directing the education program at Shreveux.
0: Like what was the entry level point for your educational career?
1: Uh, I started as a teaching assistant, so I worked I worked one-on-one with students um, in special education settings um, and also kind of filled in as a substitute where needed, um, and I did that for about a year before I got my first full-time teaching position.
0: So walk us through kind of how your role is different from a teacher's perspective to the director of education. Like, if you could explain to our students kind of the different aspects of those two roles and scope. Obviously... As a teacher, you're dealing directly with the students, and I would assume as a director, you're dealing more with the teachers and still the students, is that right?
1: Absolutely. So obviously as a teacher in the classroom, I'm working directly with the students. Now my role is sort of overseeing the education department. So not only do I work with the students, um, I also mentor and work with the other teachers within our education department. Um, So really working, um, spending a lot of time in classrooms, Um, observing teachers, observing lessons, um, giving input about how we can make it better or different, um, and spending a lot of time with teachers working together to figure out how we can make lessons most meaningful for the students that we work with.
0: So take us through your typical work week. Like, What does that entail? How many different types of folks and teachers and students are you interacting with? Is there some other aspects of the educational system that you're dealing with on a weekly basis? Is it, you know, what percents in the classroom versus what's in the office? You know, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So as a director of education, um, it's a mixture between administrative work and then obviously spending um, time with teachers and students. So um, I spend a lot of time having conversations with parents um, about, you know, things that they're happy with, things that they could see changing for the future, um, things that they think are important for their child. Um, So I spend um, a good portion of my time um, talking to parents and talking to other um, senior management in the school to try to figure out how we can make um, the best program, really, for our students. Um, And then the other half of the time is really spent in classrooms with students Um, A lot of times I'll set up what I I like to call meetings, um, which are one-on-one meetings with students, which are just kind of check-ins with them to see how they're doing, what we can change, um, things that they're really happy with in the program. So it's really 50-50 as far as administrative work and then also spending a lot of time mentoring and and being with students and teachers.
0: Wow. Okay. Now, can you talk a little bit, I don't know if there's been a change or not, but has there been a change As far as the educational system, as it relates specifically to special needs students?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely, unfortunately, there hasn't been that much change. Um, I think that there could be a lot more change definitely needed. Um, There has been a recent shift in kind of looking from this, medical model to more of a, a student-centered model, um, so not necessarily looking to hit behavioral students with special needs, but kind of looking at them, looking at them as the whole child and, and really working with the student developmentally rather than behaviorally. Um, so that's been a recent shift in, in special education. Um, it's different in every school. Um, some programs use um, behavioral modification. Some programs use developmental models. Um, some utilize both in conjunction, which is a lot of what we do at Shreve Oak, Um, So it's a little bit different for every special education program, Um, but I I definitely think there's a lot more room to grow within special education, especially in the United States. We have a lot of work to do that hasn't necessarily been done before, Um, and luckily it's starting to happen now, which is is pretty exciting.
0: Wow, that's a great answer, and it really gives some insight as far as the challenges you're facing. So are there any other challenges from a day-in, day-out perspective that you kind of face as the director of education that you could share with our students. There's a lot of difficulties in any job. Is there anything that you might point out that a student might not think of if they would like to do what you do?
1: Um, I think time management is always really hard, um, making sure that you you know make the time for every single thing that needs to get done. I think a teacher's role, um, oftentimes a lot of people think you know it's that eight to four and then the day is over, and that's not necessarily the case. As a teacher, it really never ends. Um, and you never really stop thinking about your students, even when you are home. Um, so that's definitely one of the things that, that is a little different. Um, and then as far as kind of this director role, um, really making sure that you're working with teachers to sort of individualize the instruction for each student. Um, that's, that's particularly hard because you run out of time and, we um, make sure that, trouble that we have meetings at the end of the day to kind of spend time every single day talking about students um, and making sure we're meeting as a team talking about them. But that's not necessarily something that happens in every single school setting. Um, so making sure that you kind of allot that time to be able to make sure you're providing the best program possible.
0: That's a great point. Awesome. As a reminder, you can check out all previous episodes at learnfromothers.org. And if you are an educator or a student, you can search for podcasts by career cluster. So Caitlin, we learned what you wanted to be which when you grew up, which was a teacher and what you actually do today, which is a director of education. So it's a pretty straight line path there. So looking back on your career, what would you do differently?
1: I would not take things so seriously. Um, I think I've learned sort of, <laughs> I've learned sort of over my time um, as a teacher, especially in special education, that a sense of humor is extremely important, um, and that you know sometimes you set out to do a lesson that you think is going to go one way, and it goes a completely different way, and sometimes it goes a better way. Um, so definitely, I think if I sort of looked at myself as a starting teacher, I would definitely tell myself to laugh a little bit more and not take everything so seriously, um, have a sense of humor, and just know that the way that the lesson is supposed to go, it will go, um, and that it's okay if things kind of steer away from the lesson plan.
0: That's got to be a pretty difficult lesson to learn, I would imagine, right? Like you put all this effort in and you want it to be just right. You want the students to have the exact takeaway that you want them to have and you know, to see it and to learn it the way you want it to. And then it sounds like it just doesn't happen that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely um, a neat experience, but it's very humbling um, in learning. And, you know, it's, it's not just a career lesson, it's a life lesson, you know, oftentimes, right. you know, especially now, I don't think anyone saw what's happening now to happen. So it's definitely, um, it's definitely a life lesson as well, not just a career lesson.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So we are taping this during COVID-19, right? Actually, I don't know, hopefully towards the tail end of it, but Mm -hmm. this is, uh, we will see, we will see. So hopefully when you hear this, we are well past COVID-19. Yes,
1: I hope
0: so. Oh my goodness. So, but if you would, you know, speak to how your life has changed and the adjustments you've had to make and your teachers have had to make in the crazy world we live in. Do you feel like everything's doing the best they can? I mean, what's your perspective on how things are going from an educational perspective?
1: I definitely think, um, I I think we're doing the best we can. Um, I think obviously it's extremely hard, especially for the population of students that we work with to do everything virtually. And we've completely shifted to this virtual learning, um, but it's definitely provided a neat opportunity for teachers and students to show a side of creativity that they haven't shown before. And I do think that we've been learning a lot based on this remote learning program that we'll be able to sort of take into the classroom when we're able to all be back together again. So although there is a lot of negative and challenging moments in virtual learning, I do think there has been a great deal of positive ones as well.
0: Yeah. So what aspect, you kind of touched on it there, what aspect of the COVID-19 learnings do you think might stick once you get back to more of a traditional format?
1: Well, I definitely think utilizing technology a little bit more than we did previously has been super helpful for a lot of our students, um, especially using kind of this like data-driven technology that really helps us see where a student started and where a student is now. Um, has been really beneficial, so I, I, I hope that sticks. And I, I definitely think utilizing um, creative ways to have a student reach teaching has been really beneficial for our students, and, and I think that will stick as well.
0: Wow. Okay. Now that's great points there. All right, now let's talk to the student who wants to do what you do, so you can either make that the director of education or a special ed teacher. Uh, what advice would you give them? Is there a typical career path?
1: Yeah, so it's pretty um, consistent, and I've kind of followed it that career path. So typically, you know, you go to four-year college, earn a bachelor's degree, and depending on the state that you are in, being a teacher is a little bit different because every state has different guidelines. Um, I'm in New York where it ends up, it's actually pretty challenging um, to be a teacher. There's a lot of different tests and assessments that you have to complete in order to get a teaching certificate. And then now, actually, in New York City, And again, this is different in other states, but in New York State, you're required to get a master's within five years of receiving your bachelor's degree. So it's kind of straight from bachelor's to master's. And then typically, depending on the time that someone's looking to be a teacher, I came um, into teaching during a time where teaching jobs were not readily available. Um, So I did work as a teaching assistant for a year before I was able to land a teaching position. Um, But again, that's different for everybody. Um, So typically people um, spend some time teaching for a couple of years, um, and then will sometimes go into a coordinating position, whether they're coordinating an IEP for special ed um, or or coordinating a different learning program, so maybe a Department of English or a Department of Social Studies. Um, Again, that's different for every school. And then go on and get your doctorate and and really look at educational leadership. So there's, there's a lot of different paths. And, um, I know a lot of teachers who go into tutoring on the side or consulting on the side. So there's, there's definitely a lot of different avenues to go down.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what, what was that point? You know, you mentioned you didn't necessarily want to pursue the director of education, but something changed. So what made you say, all right, I'm ready for that next step or that next challenge uh, in your career?
1: I found myself sort of naturally mentoring teachers. Um, I, I'm really student focused and student centered, um, and, And adore the relationships I have with students and became very passionate about helping other teachers sort of form those relationships with students. So I was doing it kind of naturally as a teacher, and then I really became passionate about it and realized this is something I really want to do. Um, So a few years ago, I started looking into doctorate programs in educational leadership, and applied and got into one and started a doctorate program, and now I'm sort of at the tail end of that program. But it was really as I was teaching, I I really became passionate about not only working with students, but working with teachers and realized that it was kind of a shift I wanted to make.
0: Right, right. Wow. Well, that's really cool to see your career progress kind of organically as you learn more about yourself and what you wanted to do or to be when you grew up, so to speak. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Definitely.
0: Wow, that's great. All right. Well, are there any current projects you're working on that you would like to share?
1: Yeah. So I am, like I said, I'm at the tail end of my doctorate program. So I am currently starting my dissertation um, on neurodiversity and uh, special education teachers perceptions of neurodiversity. So it's something that I will be working on over the course of the next 18 months. So it'll be a, (laughs) it'll definitely still be happening when this is aired. So that's that's the major project I'm working on. And then obviously always um, working on smaller projects at Shrub Oak, kind of ensuring that we're, we're providing the best education possible for our students.
0: Right. Wow. Well, that's really great. Well, how can our students learn more about you and your school?
1: So they can go to shruboak.org. Um, we have a great website that has a lot of information about our programs and then also working with students on the autism spectrum. Uh, also have a pretty great social media presence on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. um, And then they could also find me on LinkedIn, Caitlin Sweet Apple. So um, those are different ways to find more information about struggle and myself.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your career journey today with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This has been great.
0: Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram at gregstanleylfo. That's g-r-e-g-s-t-a-n-l-e-y-l-f-o. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.